0: the course description syllabus, right? Everyone has a syllabus? You need this. The syllabus will give you, it will allow you to flow through all that we're giving. And if ever you have a question, the question will be able to be answered. Now, before we get started, I need you to understand, this is one of those moments where you've got to put on your, your discipleship hat. There's a difference between a disciple and a follower. A disciple is willing to do what a follower would not do. Followers will follow effectively. They'll go where the bread is being given and the fish is being given. They'll go to sit down and listen. They'll receive. That's what a follower does. But a disciple says, because there's a word in discipleship. There's a word that's in there. It's called discipline, disciple discipline. And there's something that comes together when you're saying, I am ready and willing to learn according to what God has established and apply it to my life so that I can bless someone else. For the application is going to be need for uh, giving that application of self to someone else. You've got to be able to be willing to give course description i broke it up into four hour intensive um by the way this is what i do that's why you'll see it it looks very schooly because i am a professor at a college this is what i do i put together syllabuses so when you see the syllabus i know you're going to read and go oh dang. yes it's intended to be that way i will deal with you as i will deal with somebody in the seminary amen if you don't understand it's okay You can always go back, but I got to... This is what the Lord told me. So I'm following what the Lord gave me as instructions. He told me, teach as you teach. Do not water it down. Allow them to come to that place if they don't understand versus you going down and capping them. I don't want them to be capped. And I don't want you to assume they don't know and understand. So that's what I'm going to do now, guys. Again, we're going to have the last 15 minutes... Four questions, and again, I need someone to time me on that. All right, there we go, Elder Genie, got me. All right, I I need to be timed because I need to make sure I give you that time. Course description, really fast. This four-hour intensive course provides a concentrated study of the book of the books of Genesis and John from the Bible, with a specific focus on comparing and contrasting the two texts. The flow, which is all of us. We'll explore key chapters and verses, examining their similarities and differences in terms of content, themes, narrative style, and theological perspectives. By the time we're done with this, those of you who don't understand those words, you will. I promise you, three months, you're going to eat this for lunch. Through close reading analysis... And class discussions, which we'll have, we'll have moments, students will gain a foundational understanding of these books and their significance within the biblical narrative. Course objectives. By the end of this course, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I'm hoping. That you all can identify and compare key chapters and verses in the books of Genesis and John. Number two, that you would analyze and discuss the similarities and differences in content themes, and theological perspectives between Genesis and John. Number three, I want to make sure that you are able to evaluate the narrative style and literary techniques that are employed in the selected chapters. Number four, I want to make sure you're able to articulate the theological significance of the passages within the broader biblical context. Number five, I pray that you're able to engage in critical discussion. This is a good one, guys, where in are sitting down, you're talking to a bunch of people, they start questioning you like I was questioned yesterday. Just yesterday, somebody approached me and said, no, this is exactly what he said. No one has ever been able to answer this question. Already preparing me for failure, right? And so I want to ask you to see if you have the answer to this. He said, when it comes to Genesis, I said, oh, boy, look at this, already. He said, it says that the sun was created, and then, and then the, the, the earth was created, but the sun is much, has much more of a, of, of a time span of creation than that of earth. Explain that to me. Put my hands together, and I said, that's the right question. I start answering him. And what really blew his mind was that he was able to distinguish, which is what you're going to be able to do today, the difference between the zone of time and no time. I let him see in the word that in the same Genesis that he heard for the first time in his life, let there be light, which he thought let there be light was let there be sun, he found out that that wasn't what it was. And I saw his face change, and he goes, wow, I've never heard that. I need that from every one of you when you're dealing with somebody else, where you're telling them something that their spirit assimilates immediately. Because here's the best part about this teaching. Everyone here knows the answers here in your spirit, not in your soul. My job is to make sure your spirit that's connected to the Holy Spirit can assimilate all that's being given so your soul knows what's what. And once your soul is able to obtain that information, you will physically feel it in your body because it goes from spirit to soul to body. Everybody with me so far? We're going to, the last part, number six. We're going to reflect on the relevance and application of the lessons from Genesis and John in contemporary context. You know what that means? It simply means this. We're not going to just leave here with information. We're going to leave here with truths that will form your household, that will allow things in your house to fall in place. It will be practical. You will know that this didn't just happen for people 5,000 years ago. Or 2,000 years ago. This occurred for us today. Everything that took place in the Bible was intended for everyone today to apply effective immediately. Amen? All right. So session one, we're going to get into the whole concept of Genesis and John. Write some of this down. Genesis. Genesis is the book of beginnings. It's 50 chapters. It goes from human creation to the Tower of Babel. So the first 11 chapters are for the world. Let me repeat that again. The first 11 chapters of Genesis was designed to give us a narrative of the world, creation, all the way to language changing. In other words, the different languages in the earth. We find out that all of it within chapter 1 to chapter 11 is all put together on purpose. After chapter 11, it changes. It goes from the historical beginning of the human race to the beginning of the Hebrew race. That's chapter 12. So it becomes historical to biographical, historical, 1 to 11, biographical, 12 to 50. The time frame of Genesis, uh, if we're going to give it a time frame, right, because there are some verses that are not calculated by a watch. We'll get into that in a minute. But if we are to time it, we'll say that it's around 2,000 plus years from the time. Actually, let me give it to you this way. This is the best way to do it. From Jesus back, we're talking about 4,000 years. From Jesus back, 4,000 years. So when you hear certain people's names in the Bible... You're not confused. You don't go, okay, well, didn't Jesus walk with that person? I've, I've seen the most embarrassing things. People say, they say, oh, so is that the one who walked with Jesus? And we're talking about somebody who died thousands of years before. Now, there are a lot of names that are similar in the Bible. I don't want you guys to ever get confused. So we'll always talk about who's who and where and what time frame. Um. There are four people that I want you to pay attention to in the book of Genesis. Four people. Why don't we put a don't touch that one sign on that. 2090 to 1897 B.C., 193 years. Just write that down. 193 years. Consist of these four people's lives. Well, I should say three, and then four. the fourth one adds another 93 years. Let me just do this right, because I want to make sure I don't confuse you guys. So there's another 93 years at the end that's only for Joseph. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are 193 years. Joseph is another 93 years. But those are the four people that we're gonna centralize a lot of stuff around does not mean that we're not gonna talk about some other key individuals in Genesis. Now let's talk about John. Unlike Genesis, John, well, like Genesis, John is the only other book in the Bible that starts off within the beginning. It's the reason why we combined Genesis and John. The Gospel of John is a gospel apart from all the other ones Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There are four Gospels, guys. Again, I want to I make sure I. Yeah, somebody told me to slow down. Amen. I'll slow down a little bit. There's a lot, and, and I'm trying to get as much in as possible. There are four Gospels. Can anybody name them? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are not like John. John is unique. It is the only one of all the gospel that has seven miracles. Out of the 33 disclosed miracles of Jesus the Christ, John only has seven on top of that, not only does he have seven miracles that he he, he brings to the, for, the front line, out of those seven, five of them are unique to John, meaning you're not going to find it anywhere else. Five of the seven miracles are unique to John. You won't find it in Matthew, in Mark, or in Luke. Only two miracles in John is found in Matthew Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And those two miracles are the walking on water, Jesus walking on water. And the other one is the feeding of the 5,000. Which, by the way, a little bit about the feeding of the 5,000. It is the only miracle found in all four Gospels. The only miracle found in all four Gospels. John draws mainly upon events and discourses not found in the other Gospels to prove to the readers that Jesus is God. So John's goal, unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is to prove that Jesus is God, that he is deity. So whenever you run into a new believer, the first thing you want to do is start re- start moving into the book of John. John is the book that will guide you and grant you the ability to navigate and demonstrate Jesus as God. Does Jesus ever say that he's God? Anybody, let's see. He does? You say yes? Does he outright ever say, folks, I'm here and I am God? Thank you so much. No, he doesn't. Take this off for a minute. He does not say that. There's not one time that he ever says, here I am, I'm God, you got to listen to me. But what he does say is what? Anybody? what, What are some of the things he says? Okay, so we got seven I am's that we find in the book of John. Those seven I am's all lead to him being God. He says, I am the bread of life. Y'all can write these down. I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the gate. By the way, the gate was before the good shepherd. But I am the gate. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. That's a whole lot to say right there, by the way. That's another way of saying I'm God, right? Because if you're saying I am the resurrection and I am the life, you're saying I'm God. Then he goes on to say, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. So not only am I the resurrection in life, but I'm also the way and the truth and the life. And then he says, I am the true vine. Those are the seven I ams. I'm gonna run it down to you again. I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. If there's a true vine, there's what? There's a false one. So you can have a false vine. That's why he had to emphasize, I am the true vine, not just the vine. All right. What are the divisions we're looking for? Well, in, in the... Areas of John and Genesis. We're going to have a good old time with this one. We're going to talk about what did it mean when John says and starts writing, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Okay. Why is that very similar to in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? the earth was a formless mass and the Spirit of God hovered upon the waters of the deep. Hovered upon it. Then God said, let there be light. Do you realize that for years the concepts of why God said let there be light and let there be light or Let there be light, let there be light, which this light here is not the light called the sun, the moon, and the stars. So that means what is this light, and we must define what is this light, it took thousands of years for a guy by the name of John to finally answer the riddle of what's the light. So all those years, the Jewish community had to throw in all types of stuff to show the difference between let there be light and Genesis one let Let's go there. Genesis one fourteen. I want you to read this. And if who's following me with the word? Anybody following me with the word? Oh, praise God. All right. Genesis one let Let's go there. Once we read this, you're going to understand. Remember, Genesis 1, 1.3 1, 3 says, Then God said, let there be light. That was on the first day, folks, if we can call it a day. Because a day was not calculated till the fourth day. Watch me now. Then God said, let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Wait. Didn't he say already on the first day, let there be light? So what light is that? Let them be signs to mark the season, days, and years. Everybody tap your watch. Your watch is part of this transaction here. You can only measure by way of that that's going on in verse 14. Before the fourth day, There was no way to calculate time. So what was the first, second, and third day? Let these lights in the sky shine down on earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights. The larger one to govern the day, which we're dealing with right now. And for many years, we were part of the smaller one at the flow in the Bronx. Now we're, now we're with the, great, the, the greater one, right, because we're, we're out here during the time where the sun is shining, midday, because one is supposed to show you the grandeur of God, and the other one is to show you how we can reflect God. Let, let me say it again. One of them is to show the grandeur of God. You can't stay looking at the sun too long. You no know, things happen to your eyes, you start seeing dots. The second one is to show how we are supposed to reflect the glory of God. And that's the moon. Our job is to be the light for those in the darkness by way of reflection. So when the sun hits the moon, we reflect. All right. Just want to get there. This light here. This light here leads into now in the beginning and in the beginning now begins uh, begins with another light that is the light that we find in John let's go to John chapter 1 verse 1 and I'm going to show you a parallel it's the reason why no one was able to understand this light until Jesus popped on the scene. So they would make up all types of stuff. I've heard, I've heard the whole thing about it was a secondary light, that it was, a, um, what was the, one of them that, that really had me laughing? It was some type of radioactive light that it was, what's that other word for um, infrared? Like it was some type of infrared type of light. Because if you don't know, you make up. And when you make up, it doesn't have congruency. See, so what I'm writing here and what you're going to learn in these next three months is that the word, the word of God is not contradictive. Everybody say that with me. It will not contradict itself. We are contradictive. So we try to analyze it our way and not understand it the way God wants us to. And so here's how we find out whether something stands, when six chapters later or eight chapters later, you still can hold on to that one. Who's with me so far? When two, two books later on, you still can go to that and it, does, it still makes sense. John 1 says this, in the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He existed in the beginning with God meaning that he wasn't created. Jesus was not created. Jesus was directed. There was no creation of Jesus. Jesus decided with the Father and the Holy Spirit to become human. His humanity has an origin, but not his, who he is, not his person. He entered in, took every step that we took to then die. And he did that to show that I can represent them in the courtroom of heaven because I went through all that they went through. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word, now here's here's the part, here's the part. This is the part that shows us that Genesis and John are Working together. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You catch that? So this light, when God says, let there be light, it was simply an introduction. Look at this. In the beginning, who? Who? Created the heaven and the earth. God. Who is God? The and the Father. All right. So in the beginning, God the Father created heaven and earth. And then here comes the next introduction. And the Spirit of God hovered who now was being introduced. That was verse 2. Verse 1, God the Father is introduced. Verse 2, the Holy Spirit is introduced. We're not done yet. Verse 3. Then God said, let there be, let there be Jesus. That's not creation of Jesus. That's Jesus mandated there. Let there be, it's like me telling, me to, oh, my wife telling me, right? I'm going to say it that way. My wife telling me, I need you to, to be over there. Let let Israel be there. That let there be there is a part of an agreement. I come in agreement because she told me I got to be there for whatever the project is. The assignment is to bring light to a dark place because the earth was what? A formless mass. It was void. It was dark. And before we speak the word which is found in John 1, let's make sure that the spirit hovers upon the waters. You guys remember the example I gave many years ago when I was doing the marathon? Many years ago I gave this example. Try to pronounce a word right now. Pronounce a word. Pronounce a word. Any word. Pronounce. Okay. She said pronounce. Pronounce. Now, try to breathe in and say pronounce. You can't pronounce breathing in. So God used his spiritual lungs to create on earth a void, dark place by utilizing the spirit of God, which, by the way, spirit means ruach, It means breath. So the life that was supposed to be given can only be given through the light, which is Jesus, but by way of the Spirit, the breath of God. God had to breathe life onto earth. Who's understanding so far? So when you speak a word, you're speaking life or death. That's why it's important what you say. You're speaking what you're breathing out as you speak. That's why we're creating what? In his image and likeness. So let's do something real fast before we proceed. I want to take an opportunity right now to give you guys something to talk about in the little table that you're on right now. I want you guys, now this, this is going to be interactive. I'm telling you, this is going to be different. That's why the next time around, I wouldn't want it to be family and friends on the table We start switching up because it's real easy to throw out something or not throw out something because the person around you is somebody familiar. But for now, we're going to do it like this, right? I want you to discuss right now creation. What do you believe it to be? Talk about it. Take three minutes, and we're going to come back to here. What do you believe creation to be? Do you believe that creation is seven, in other words, seven days, six days, seven days? That's what I want to hear right now. I want you guys to discuss it. In your discussion, one of you is going to be a spokesperson for that table. We got one more minute. Believe God created the earth. Do you believe He created in six days? And then why? Seventh day He rested. That's part of the whole thing. That right there, what you just finished saying. Alright, guys, here we go. Here we go. Listen to this. I'm gonna start with that table over there, briefly. Each table briefly touching on, so we're not going to have extensive conversation. I just want to make sure that's clear. Briefly, over there, who's speaking on that on, on that table? Go ahead. Briefly. Um, creation. Well, three people gave one life, um, a spoken word, and basically summed up all together. Creation is the existence of all things. All right, life, a spoken word, creation of all things. Write that down because we're going to come back and talk about what's relative. Over here. There you go, look, right there. Yeah, yeah perfect. So for us, it was a conversation um, having strategies between God, the Holy Spirit, and the Son because God is in the outside. Of time, and it's hard for us to see it as humans. Okay, good. Time factor, over here. Um, creation is life, animals, the world, the universe. Um, we need a creator to be created. Um, creation is not just your words, but actions and decisions, and the words that you speak like you mentioned, can affect so you're, your you you brought animals in there for whatever reason. Joseph, we haven't talked about it that. It was yet. Joseph. I had to, oh, sorry. She threw Joseph under the bus. <laughs> sorry. It's okay, Joseph. You're probably right because he took it a step ahead. So it's okay. Take the credit for that. All right. Thank you for that. Over here. Um, you said a thought that is brought into existence, whether it be inanimate, animate, organic, inorganic, living. Living or non-living or material or immaterial. Very good. Very good. Over here. Um, We believe that creation, even though uh, we know that there was an introduction of time, um, that it was still something that was conducted out of time. Whoa. Conducting out of time. Think about that for a second. Everything we do in life has to do with Time. Our conversation right now is based on we have to finish at a certain amount of. Everything is about time. So when you now talk about this creation thing outside of time, there is no calculation of time in that. Yes, Um, We came up with it is a manifestation. It's a verb and action of an idea that was already present. Okay, time outside of time, all of you are on the same page by the way, because now we're talking about a thought and not a spoken word. So God's thought is already in existence before the word is spoken. (laughs) God's thought is already in existence before it is spoken. That means even though he speaks it, it didn't start at the moment he spoke. Now, talk about God's mind for a minute. His eternal mind already thinks of everything. So the thought process of God is not based and subject to time. He thinks beyond time, giving us the ability to pray and receive his thoughts. In creation, you guys got the answer. Don't come to me. Y'all came up with the answer. The answer is simply this. The mind of God is eternal. Everybody agree with me? So before he speaks a word, eternity already exists in his mind So his concepts, ideas, precepts, words spoken, or the, like, I I love the whole verb thing, action. The action doesn't start at the moment of speaking. Watch this. That's why God says to pray, because he already knows what you already want to pray for. Your prayer is a part of a sequence of events that are in the mind of God. So, when you tap into the mind of God, you tap into the sequence of God here on earth. Jesus was a manifestation of an event that took place before and after Jesus. I done messed y'all up. I done messed y'all up. Oh, no, it's, it's messed up. It just messed up. Look, 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 look. look, look, look. Oh. So post and pre-creation is not something that happened and now it's the beginning. It's in the beginning for the one who reads it in the beginning, but it already started before. So when John writes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was no beginning. For the word always was. Yes. It's only the beginning for us. Yes. Knowledge. Yes. That's why prayer, you want to know why I'm doing all this? Because your prayers are going to be effective now. Come on. Because when you pray now, you're not going yes, to pray, yes, yes. Jesus, can you please heal them in the name of Now your prayers are going to be what you thought in eternity is what I want to come in agreement with. What are your plans for me? Well, we know what Jeremiah says, right? Everybody knows about Jeremiah. What was it? Jeremiah 19, what? Or 29, yeah, 20, what is it? 29, 11? 11. 11. What does it say? For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of what? To prosper you. Good, not evil. In other words, The plan is already in the mind of God. You are extrapolating. Mm -hmm. That which is already in existence, it's not that it's going to exist. Everybody say, it's not that it's going to exist. It already exists. And to prove Joseph right, Joseph, you get stars today. (laughs) Even though she threw you under the bus. That bus did not affect you because we find out, we get a glimpse. I told you we're going to be jumping all around. You're going to get Genesis, John, and a whole lot of other books. Revelation chapter 4, write that down. Revelation 4 gives us a glimpse of what heaven looks like. And because heaven cannot be photographed, because photograph means you're taking a picture that stills time. So you can't take, you can't take a still picture. You can't tell God, God pose. Because God is always working. He's always working because he's always moving. There is no, oh, now we stop. Jesus made that statement in John 5. Me and my father are always working. Now watch this. We find that this movement both in Ezekiel chapter 1 and Revelation 4. Write down Ezekiel 1-2 and Revelation 4. We find that there's these wheels that are always moving. Joseph said the animals. Now, you would think in creation that the, the, the thought process of the animals were happening right then and there. You know, let there be lions and let there be bears. Let there no 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 watch this. The thought process of the animals was already in existence. They existed before they were created on earth. Material. Amen. Prove it. I'm prove it to you. There are four living beings. And these four living beings have a face of a human, a face of a lion, a face of an eagle and a face of a bull or a face of an ox. Those faces, when God created, God created what first? In the beginning, God created the heavens and then the earth. That means that whatever is moving in heaven was created before bringing it to earth. So the face of the lion already existed before the lion existed on earth. Are we we getting this? The face of the eagle already existed before it became an eagle on earth. So everything was already capsulated in the mind of God, and that's why our futures are already in existence. Guys, when we get upset that things ain't happening the way we want to, it's just that we're not tapped into the assignment of God and God is saying, just tap into that right there, which I've already created. Then your moments of expectation change. Now you're expecting what God expects and not what you expect. So because you change that, now you're not upset. Because the expectation is a God expectation, not a Israel expectation. Because Israel will be disappointed. Israel will be upset. Because it's not happening in my time. And God is saying, tap into my thoughts and you will not be upset. Because you'll know what I'm protecting you from. I, got, I have you in a higher place where the average is saying, this is what you need, and I'm saying you need to have this, which is greater than the average. Y'all not getting what I'm saying. Average will say, you've completed your task. Supernatural says, Caleb, comes out and goes, I don't care how old I'm at. Any of you young whippersnappers want to take my mountain? Let's see what happens. Yeah, y'all think I'm old. But old is a perspective initiated by a fall. Old is a perspective initiated by a fall. Sickness is a perspective initiated by a fall. Tap into the things of God, the mind of God, then Genesis and John starts making sense. It took all those years to explain who that light was. All those years to understand that the light was Jesus. And to know that we go through issues because we don't understand. We're still walking like the two men in the mouse with Jesus, not knowing it's him. Y'all know the story? Those two men? Seven miles? That was like three weeks ago, study, yeah. right? Seven miles walking with Jesus and didn't know it was Jesus. us has seven years walking with Jesus. We don't know it's Jesus. We're still seeing Jesus of Nazareth and not Jesus the Christ. And even when we pray, we say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth was born of a woman as a man. And he dies. Jesus of Nazareth dies. Jesus the Christ never died. Are we getting this? I'm going to develop it. Who said that? Develop that. My wife said develop it. (laughs) Jesus of Nazareth has brothers. That's the reason why in Mark chapter 6, you can write that down. Mark 6, you find the conversation where Jesus wants to go back to his hometown to convert them. And when he goes there, they hear him talk, and they go, man, this guy got some stuff. And then the devil creeps in and goes, but wait a second. Isn't he the son of the carpenter? Isn't isn't his brothers James, Joseph, uh, Jude? Wait a second. Hold on a second. That can't be. And the word says, as much as God as Jesus is powerful and deity, As much as he is anointed, the word says that he could not do the miracles that he wanted to do in that place. So there must be something about us that prevents or accelerates the power of God. But he's God, he can do whatever he wants, but he has his own parameters that he set. All right, Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. How much time do I have? Huh? About 15. Okay. So I should have been, yeah, that's the one, 15. All right, I got you. So should I do the open questions now? All right, let me go. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Yep. At one time all the people of all the world spoke the same language and used the same Words. So at one time, the day of Pentecost was universal. All right, some of y'all caught it. At one time, the day of Pentecost was not a day but a lifestyle. Everyone spoke the same language. As the people migrated to the east, they found the plain in the land of Babylon. Of Babylonia, and settled there. They began saying, by the way, that's where, where the word babble comes from. You know when you're babbling? That's where the word babbling comes from, from that, that whole scenario. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Stop there for a minute. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone. What already is happening there? How are bricks made, folks? Who makes bricks? Humans make bricks. Who makes stones? So God's stones were being replaced by bricks. Already there was an attempt to try to overcome the original architecture of God. Somebody hear what I'm saying? We still do that today, changing the format of God. So in this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. So everything that was man-made was used to replace what God already established. Then they said, come, come. Let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. This is AI back then. This is, we're there again now, today. Let us overcome, let us supersede what God has established. Let's make it so that whatever takes place now can keep us from having to, hmm, be accountable to God. You know that's what this is all about, right? Did you know the trying to prove that God does not exist is to try to make sure that we're not held accountable? It's all about accountability. Because if I can prove that God doesn't exist, then that means those standards and those rules, they don't apply. That means I could throw away the Bible. But the Lord came down to look at the city, and pay attention to the verbiage, the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, I wonder who he was talking to. The people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Stop. So God was concerned about The power of agreement. You know that if we all here agree, truly agree, we can obtain whatever we want to obtain in the name of Jesus. Because he's the key. The problem is that we don't agree, even when we say we do agree. Our thoughts say something different. We'll speak a word, but where where do things start based on what we just talked about? Where does it start? Your thoughts already create. So you've already created an anti-element to the promise or to the decision that was made. That's why it says don't be unequally yoked. Because being unequally yoked is not just finding the right husband or wife. Sometimes you can be unequally yoked in friendship. Friendship. Sometimes you're inviting the wrong person to the table to talk about your finances. Sometimes you're inviting the wrong person at the table to talk about things that have to do with family members. Because that person is broken and hurt. They want you to agree with their brokenness and their hurt. Look what what God says. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Why he said let's, by the way, this is the only time and the last time we hear God speak plurally. First time we hear him speak plural is Genesis 1.26. Let us create him in our image. The second time we hear him speak plural is Genesis chapter 3 when he kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden. Let's get rid of them. They can't be in here no more. Get up out of here. And the last time we hear him say, Let us, and it had to be three times. Everybody say three. It had to be three times. Because the third time was Holy Spirit's job to say. Because he had to then restore what he removed. You caught it. The last, Let us. Was Holy Spirit, who removed the ability to communicate. He caused there to be language change. He said, "Let me do this last one. I got this. I got hey, hey, Father Son. I got this. I'm gonna do this right here." Now, Paul francais? No. What are you talking about? No. What's was that? What is that? The language changes. Kind of like what happens to us when we're teenagers. There's a language change. You better learn that language fast. Don't get mad at me. It's the truth. Look at this. Acts chapter 2. Restoration takes place. The day of Pentecost is Holy Spirit's way of reversing what he did in Genesis chapter 11. Each one of them restore what they removed. The kicking out of the garden, Jesus had to become the tree to reverse the unauthorized eating of the tree. Did y'all get that? Like, this is good stuff. And then the first one was God the Father who had to restore by giving up his son. He had to remove himself. Wow. He had to find a solution to stay on the throne of the universe and get off the throne of the universe. Because the universe would not have been able to survive if God said, let me just come off this throne altogether. He had to have himself get off the throne and stay on the throne at the same time. That's why he had to be, it had to be the father On the throne, and the son, who's the father, going to earth, but the father still stay on the throne. Jesus knew very well that he could never say that the father's here on earth if not through him. Because had he said that, he would have been off, and the earth would have been off. Just like the seat is off that decides to turn me around without me doing anything. (laughs) Either that or God wants y'all to hear this. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all don't know the struggle. I've been doing this the whole time, hoping you guys didn't pick up on it. Thank you, Jesus. All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to break it down real fast. Um, That way you guys have it all together. Identify and compare. Is the first thing we're going to be doing? You saw that on the on the uh, on the syllabus. Narrating the creation of the world in six days, including the creation of Adam and Eve. By the way, did we finish off the tables? No, we had both of you. We didn't do this table. We didn't do that table. Yes, that was the Holy Spirit just told me right now. Smack me in the back of my neck. Got got three minutes. Amen. So, we said um, it's the breath of God revolving around all creation, which was already said. Right. Spoken word in time and out of time, which was already said, too. And that was it. Praise God. Alignment. Uh, Basically, we came up with uh, God is the creator. And it said in the beginning, which signifies time, uh, meaning that there has to be an end at some point, too. Ooh. So in the beginning, should also have another book that says in the end, Revelation. Because in the beginning, there's an in the end, and the in the end is important. You got to know that we are born and then we what? And he said like this. But then death is what? What is death? Watch this. Mm, This is going to be good. This is going to be real good. Death is not the end. Why? Because does God forget you when you die? So that means you're still alive in the thoughts of God. Do you remember what Jesus told the Pharisees? He said, you guys got that right. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's why he's the God of the living and not the dead. These men were dead for years in the physical. So why did Jesus say that? Because the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, so he wanted to make it clear to them, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are not dead, buddy boys. You you think they're dead because you base life on the physical. So when we humans live our lives on just physical uh, satisfaction, we end up missing the opportunity for spiritual acceleration. What God gives us in the spirit has more value, I see you, has more value then that which we call satisfying. It satisfied you when? At the moment. Within what? Time. And what, sometimes those satisfactions are just in time, and, and the minute that time passes, it's not, no longer there. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about when you're eating food. Before eating the food, you got to get there. I need that. And oh, and depends on what the food is, too. Then you eat the food, and all of a sudden you hate food. Get that away from me. But you just fell in love with it just before your satisfaction. So you were seeking satisfaction of the moment. That's why discipleship means discipline. That's the reason why to be a disciple, you got to learn how to hold the basket and not go into the basket and eat what's in the basket till everybody gets what's in the basket. Because I'm sure, I am certain that bread smelled real good because it was bread from heaven. Those 12 baskets were being tossed out. Man, this is good. I'm sure they were tempted to just take a, a nibble. But that would have been a disqualification of discipleship. We can't say, oh, Judas probably did it. We don't know that. We don't know that. He messed up, but we don't know if he messed up there. Bottom line is, that bread is what we got to start giving. But before we give it, what do we have to do? We better receive it. And that's what's happening now. Five people I want you to remember. Five people. I want you to remember as as we go to the next one. Adam, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham. I said five, right? It's more. Isaac and Jacob at seven. There's still more. Because these are people. These are people that I want you to pay attention to, as we go through Genesis. Yes, Jacob. Ready? Israel. Wait a second. Isn't Jacob Israel? Yes. And no. Nine. Joseph. I'm going to leave it with those nine. Stay congruent with the Holy Spirit. Nine. Those nine individuals you want to know. Now, in the book of John, that's for Genesis. That's for Genesis. In the book of John, this is your homework. When you go, you're going to come back, you're going to know this stuff. In the book of John, I want you to know the following people. Book of John, following people: John the Baptist, Nicodemus, woman by the well. I want to make sure everybody with me John Not John the Baptist, John Peter Judas Iscariot. Very good. Why would you ask that question? There's more than one Judas. Very good. Can you name me another Judas? You know you're gonna get that man. <laughs> who? Judas, his brother, who called they called him Jude to distinguish him from Judas, but his name is Judas. How many I gave y'all? Yes. Question. Say again. Is Jude, no, Judas is, uh, yeah, Judas Iscariot. Last couple people. Thomas. That's so messed up. He got, he is so labeled forever. One of the things I'm going to do when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, yo, that's so messed up. They called you doubting Thomas, but you're the only person that got it right. Y'all figure it out. Y'all figure that one out. He's the only one who got it right. That was what? How many? That's eight. That's seven? That's seven? That's seven. Philip. And last but not least, Holy Spirit the person and it's ideal that I went Philip and Holy Spirit you'll see why all right questions last couple of minutes questions is that what we have right couple of minutes left we have 8 minutes left how many minutes do we have left 8 minutes Question, somebody had, question, microphone. I don't know if it's really a question, but you had said Genesis in the, be, in the beginning, it's the 50 chapters from human creation, and then I missed, because you were going back. In the beginning, let's see if I wrote it down. Uh, it's the 50 chapters from human creation to. Yeah. To ah, it's 50 chapters, sketch human history from creation to Babel which is chapters 1 through 11. Thank you. And then from Abraham to Joseph, 12 to 50. You know what else you're going to find out in the word in Genesis? A lot of things that Jesus said is so correlated with Genesis on so many levels. You're going to see that Jesus literally would speak about the future that came out of one, That was leading into another that had nothing to do with that person. Example. In Genesis, we find that the loins of Abraham were alive years later. How? Because Levi, where we get the whole Leviticus, or when you're levied, by the way, it comes from the word Levi. You know what levied means when you're levied? Tax levied? Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew's name was also levy or Levi. Well, here's what happens. Through the loins, Abraham was already giving, even though he had not given yet. So God acknowledges the future of your lineage to bless you in your present. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 7. That's good. So when you give, you prepare the way for someone in the future, and you have already blessed someone in the past. Abraham's loins blessed him by way of Levi, who was part of the Levitical order in Israel. So through his loins, there was blessings. Now, I didn't didn't even go through Judah, because if we go through Judah, we find Jesus. So the future flow of your children and why you want to make sure you instruct your future, instructing your children to instruct their children will allow you to receive a blessing today because in God there's no time. So your future children are part of your present blessing. you got to have to ask the Holy Spirit for that one. If you didn't get that one, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll give it to you. There's a lot that goes. I know that I'm standing here because I'm a product of prayers that took place a long time ago within my bloodline. My bloodline speaks. Ask Abel and Cain. Or if you want to ask Cain. God told him, "I hear the blood of your brother." So blood speaks, even if it's in the future. So it behooves us to instruct our children in the ways of the Lord. In doing so, we prepare. We actually bless ourselves today by doing so. That's complicated, but it's not. Any any other questions before we close out? How come Jesus never said I am God? Why did he always like use like I guess like in- indicators? I guess because it would have been too easy. I'm a, that was too easy. Um, the reason why he did not say I am God was for various there were various variables, right? Well, there were variables, and one of them is. In order to allow a spirit for someone to receive something, you got to make sure you train that spirit to receive. If you remember when Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do people say I am? That's Matthew 16. Who do people say I am? They said, some say you're John the Baptist, come back to life again. Some say you're the prophet. They say you're Elijah. And Jesus said, all right, all right, all right, who do you say I am? Because it was important for him to know that we know by way of the Spirit and not by way of somebody telling us. The work, you, you can be told something, but when the Spirit tells you, that's why, what was, what was the response of Jesus, that Jesus gave Peter? You know, Peter, hey, hey, but who? But my father. You got that answer not because somebody told you but because it was given to you by my Father through your spirit, through his spirit to your spirit. That's powerful. And so, of course, there's that moment where we got to know learning Genesis and John together is going to cause there to be an awakening in your spirit. This week is not going to be the same for you. Why? Because it's a beginning. You have declared in the beginning. In the beginning God created. In the beginning was the Word. So now your in the beginning starts today. If you believe it, say amen. Because you got to believe this thing. you got to believe that this is not an accident that we're here in another town, not in the Bronx, starting in the beginning, in this first real class on Genesis, in the beginning that it's not by chance that God said, I am giving you something for this region and for your household. And it's going to be up to you to take it in, absorb it, and live it. Any other questions? Oh, hi. This was something that you taught us in, like, um, the Bible Marathon back in 2020. 2020. Right. And you said his voice is transitional and transcending. He's able to say something back then that's prevalent to us today. Amen. That's powerful. So that, which was in 2020, is still prevalent today. So you get to minister something that was spoken back then today because a word spoken transcends. Reminded me of the Genesis and then fast forward to John. Yes. It's still transcending. Still transcending. And still to today, it's still transcending. Amen. That's good. Amen. Over here and then over here. And I think, tell me if that's it with time. Well, that's it. So we're done after that. It's very brief. Um, didn't Jesus also say that? Um, he spoke to the the people in parables because they were not permitted to understand the the secrets of 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 the kingdom. Because that's when the disciples asked him, well, why do you speak to us plainly and you speak to them in 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 parables?" Basically, that's why he didn't really come out and say that I am God. You know. So that's the difference between a what and a what. Um, a disciple and a and a follower. Correct. That's the difference. You will be given the keys to the kingdom. That which will be revealed to you is because you will learn how to heal with the revelation. God will not give you a revelation if you use it to harm someone. But if what's revealed to you is to heal, you will be a vessel of new wine. And God will use you to bless the generations. is going to be challenging for some of us, especially when our house needs to be cleaned up. I'm not talking about your house at home. I'm talking about this house. When your house is that dirty and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in and starts kicking stuff, it bothers you. this, This don't feel good. I don't like this. But after a while, once it's cleaned up, you're going to find yourself looking for more and desiring more. We stand.